0: Thank you for being a part of our church service today. It is our desire at Riverstone Church that God's Word will work in you to produce an abundant field life. To know more about the ministry or to support, visit RiverstoneChurch.net. May the Lord bless you today as you listen to this message. I want to share with you that uh, if if this is your first time here, uh, one welcome, but Uh, two, uh, I I sense in my heart that uh, what the Lord is uh, pressing in me to share with you is probably different than most any other message I've had the opportunity to preach. In fact, um, wrestling with this particular message, I only know of one other time where I've had this kind of wrestling in my heart uh about uh what the lord would would have me to share or to preach uh to you. And so it's not a a three pointer as I'm normally comfortable with uh this morning and uh and I've wrestled with it all week long. um and even prior to uh this week as I knew the lord was leading us to shift gears a little bit and to uh, take a bit of a a break uh, from Acts. So we'll pick it back up uh, later on, but over the next uh, few weeks, I think we'll be wrestling with some things as a church that are important uh, to us and important to our future and important uh, to our uh, calling as a people together. You recall... um, several weeks ago that uh, in the book of Acts, we talked about how there are times where what is happening in in the natural world uh, and what is happening in uh, the spiritual world and what is happening in us personally, that kind of converges to give us understanding or wisdom of what God is calling us to do or what God is trying to speak to us. And we really see that a lot uh, through throughout uh, scripture, and so uh, I want to uh, share with you uh, out of First Peter chapter one. We're going to look at verses thirteen through sixteen. Thank you, brother. And uh, but we're also going to uh, look at a couple other uh, passages of Scripture that I think are important important to us to think about. First uh, Peter chapter thirteen. I'm sorry, First <laughs> Peter chapter one and verse thirteen. We can we can stand together to read the word of the Lord. First Peter chapter one, verses thirteen through sixteen. It says, "Therefore, prepare your minds for action." Keep sober in spirit, fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior, Uh, because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And May the Lord add blessings to the reading of his word, and you may be seated. So if you've been here very long, uh, you know, one of the prayers that we've had as a, as a congregation is for uh, revival, that God would uh, revive us, revive uh, his church, that God would um, move in such a way that uh, that our hearts would be called up to him, that we'd see a transformation in uh, our community. And a few uh, months ago, towards the middle of of the summer uh there was a kind of a, a crisis moment a kind of a, a, an inflection point uh that um I was looking at some of us were looking at and we were praying and wondering god uh what are you doing and that led to kind of an open door uh of uh encounter with another brother <clears throat> who's not part of this congregation and who uh um began to share share with me some things, an older brother who uh, has wisdom and knowledge in the Lord, and it, and it began me uh, to begin thinking about um, how God is working and what God is calling us as his people to do. So a little bit of a story here. Uh, Nicole and I lived in, in Charlottesville from about 2000 to 2008, went back to Tennessee, and um and were there and did some ministry work in Tennessee and really felt a calling to uh come back uh to Charlottesville. And as many of you know, we served at a, a church here <clears throat> in the community. And uh that ministry opportunity came to an end. <clears throat> I'm sorry. And uh As that ministry opportunity came to the end, you know, our thought at that point was we were going to actually leave the community. We felt like uh, it was time, uh, or we were thinking since that opportunity ended, it was time for us to make an exit. And uh, I had a brother in Tennessee who uh, called and was just uh, praying and giving us wisdom and, and counsel, and one of the things that he said to me, he said, uh, did God call you to that specific church, or did God call you to that community? It made me wrestle with, with that and think through, and um, as I as I look at the scriptures and as I think through how God works, God often does call people to communities, and that's what I felt the Lord had done, and it began a a change, a prayerful change in our thoughts and in our minds of what God was doing, and I thank that brother for uh, helping us to think through that. But when we returned to Charlottesville in uh, 2016, uh, we bought a house up in uh, northern Albemarle, and the house uh, was, the the bones of it were good, uh, but the house itself, uh, the people who lived in it prior to us were hoarders. and uh when and, uh, when I first walked in it uh my wife never walked in it until she moved in it <laughs> so when i when I walked in it uh it was just piles of stuff, and you kind of had a path uh to get through some of you who are good at organization may have passed out um because you you wouldn't have liked what you saw The yard was overgrown and uh pretty small, not much grass. Uh, and so it needed a lot of work and we jumped in and began the process of of work and what we had in Tennessee was a big yard and uh, the kids were able to be out and play in the yard and we kind of wanted that here as well but we didn't have it and so I began the process of cutting trees down in my yard and over the first couple years probably over a hundred trees I cut down and rented a stump grinder and kind of ground the stumps out and oftentimes during that process, uh, I thought I'm going to get someone in with a bulldozer and just bulldoze it through and be done with it. I just want to be done. Uh, I'm tired of cutting trees. I'm tired of uh, stump grinding. I just want to be done with it. And I'll tell you what the Lord often put in my spirit during that time is I'm teaching you something. Be patient. I'm teaching. I'm teaching you. I'm teaching you. And, uh, and I, I even share with a few people. You know, the Lord is teaching me about the process of sanctification through dealing with all of these trees in my yard. <laughs> and uh, so, over time, you know, we we cut, we kind of extended the yard out. And this weekend, what I uh, I made this box because I wanted you to see. And what I did, I I took a shovel and uh, just got some dirt from the top of the top of my yard. It's a lot of clay in my yard. Some of you may have that in your yard too. And so this summer when we weren't getting much uh, rain when I would mow the yard is like a dust storm blowing up. You know, you're like in this kind of whirlwind of dust trying to mow uh, your yard and uh, You you get done and you're just covered in it And So my goal now is to actually get grass nice grass on my yard so that when I mow I'm not in a in a dust storm anymore, but there's work that's got to be done for that, right? It's not easy work, and it's not an overnight work uh, You can do a lot of things you can do it in the wrong order Uh, You can put a lot of fertilizer on the yard. uh, But if it's not properly prepared, if it's not properly uh, put together, uh, you will uh, just lose your resources, lose your money. And uh, you have to properly kind of put it together. And I think... The Lord is speaking to us as a congregation um, about what he's calling us to do and what he's speaking to us about as, uh, as a people. Again, one of the reasons that I put this together is if you can, can kind of see what's in here, the dirt isn't very useful. We won't want to plant a solid garden in this right now. Some of you who are gardeners, you want to do some work in this. You probably want to actually go and buy some soil. And, uh, and, and put in it. Uh, this is actually a, a lot more loose uh, than what it was in my yard. As you know, with the clay soil, you're actually almost like concrete sometimes. You, know, you can get the rain, and then the clay soil, once it dries out, you get a shovel, and you almost have to jack <laughs> uh, in order to kind of get uh, through to it. And if you think about that illustration, think about Charlottesville. And uh, God has called us to be a church that is willing and eager to pray for our community. And when we look at uh, First Peter chapter 1, it says, prepare your minds for action. We have to prepare our minds for action because God hasn't called you and I, particularly in this season of life, to be pew warmers people who are called to the action of ministry and the engagement of ministry. I can't sit in my house at night and look out the window and pray, God, remove the trees. God, please come and take the stones out. God, please aerate my yard. God, please bring fertilizer uh, to my yard and grass seed to my yard. God has provided me with something. And yet, I have to prepare my mind for action and begin to think through the process. Spiritually, I think we have to think through the process on uh, a few levels. If we expect God to do something, we have to pray and act in such a way that uh, we believe that expectation. Do we want God to bring revival? Do, do we want revival in our life and in our heart? See, I, I wonder at times, do I really believe that revival will come? Do I really believe that revival will transform me? Do I want to be transformed? Am I okay with things just, just as it is? Could we just keep doing this until uh, you die or I die and somebody else steps in we just keep doing it? Or is God calling us to something a little differently where we all have to come in and somehow we've got to begin picking out the rocks and the roots and we've got to begin praying about next steps and God, what are you calling us to do? And the discernment that's necessary to be able to see God move in such a way that things begin to change. In in Ezekiel if you read through uh, verses uh, or chapters one through eleven, God actually has a charge against His people, like a like a, a a prosecutor. He actually is a, a prosecutor against His people, Israel. And Ezekiel was about thirty years old when he uh, first received the prophetic call. And he was, uh, again, uh, we'll we'll spend some more time here in a a later message, but Ezekiel was... Uh, deported out of Jerusalem into um, Babylon. He was to be a priest, and he would become a priest at about 30 years old. But at about 25 or so, he was deported to Babylon because God was judging uh, Jerusalem and Israel, and he was deported. And the Bible says he comes beside a brook, and he has this just powerful vision. He's essentially in a refugee camp in Babylon. And God gives him this powerful vision and calls him as a prophet when if he were in Jerusalem, he would have been called as a priest at age 30. At age 30 in Babylon, God calls him to be a prophet. And I can tell you that if Ezekiel were standing before you this morning and if Ezekiel were called to do the things that Ezekiel was called to do in chapters 1 through 11, most of us would probably get up and walk out because we'd say he's a crazy man. Uh, because Ezekiel was called uh, to do and to act out some very interesting things that were, one, very difficult for him and very difficult for the hearers to hear. He has this high and lofty vision of God on the throne uh, while he's in Babylon, and it kind of surprises him because he expects God to be over the altar in Jerusalem. And God says, because of the idolatry, because of the wickedness, because of everything that has gone on, because of the, the rejection, I'm departing the temple. And I want you, Ezekiel, to kind of act out what is happening here. And so he, he does that in chapters 4 and 5 with kind of three sort of short plays, really One of them being maybe what you're familiar, but he's to be tied up and lay on his side and bake his food over dung and do that for the period of a year. Now, now just imagine if God called someone to do that in our day, how we would react. That's crazy. God wouldn't do that. Oh, wouldn't he? Oh, wouldn't he? And it seems like when you get through this kind of display of God's might and God's power that there is no hope. But it's at the point of no hope that we have to, what Peter says, prepare our minds for action, prepare our minds for action. If you're to look in that dirt right there, there's probably not a lot of hope that something beautiful is going to come out of that. Not a lot of hope. And you go to Ezekiel chapter 37. I'd like you to turn there with me. Ezekiel chapter 37. 37. Ezekiel chapter 37, it talks about hope. Ezekiel's in this valley of vision, the valley of dry bones. And in verse 1 of Ezekiel chapter 37, he says, "...the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones." He calls me to pass among them round about, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and lo, they were very dry. So what you have is this valley of bones that uh, is filled. So what Ezekiel is, is doing in this vision is actually having to walk on the bones, and it's not as if this was a recent kind of event that had happened, but the bones were dried out. There was no life left in them. They were completely and utterly dead, dry, no hope really here. Hope is is gone. That's why he's very specific at the end of verse 2 to say they were very dry. And the Lord says in verse 3 to Ezekiel, he says to me, son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel In a way, not really knowing how to answer. Answer is the only way he can. Oh, Lord God, you know. And again, he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you that you may come to life. I will put sinews on you, make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you that you may come alive, and you will know that I am the Lord. And Ezekiel says, so I prophesied. So what's happening here is the valley of dry bones that are dead, and God speaks to Ezekiel, and God says to him, begin to prophesy to bring life back into these Bones. As I prophesied, as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, sinews were on them, and flesh grew, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the foreway. Winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may come to life. And so I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they came to life and stood on their feet an exceedingly great army. So what we see happening is that there was something completely dead, unable to produce life on its own, something that when you looked at it, you would say there is no hope at all for any life to come out of this. And as we think about our responsibility as a group of believers in Charlottesville, Virginia, we may step back and say, about our city, where is the life? In fact, we may say, there is no life. And often, as believers, what we are tempted to do is despair over what we see, despair over what is wrong. God, why don't you strike the abortionist? God, why don't you bring judgment upon those who profane your name? But Ezekiel was not prophesying cursing and death, but he was prophesying life, life. What life do we want to see in our community? What life do we want to see? What is our minds being prepared for action to do? One of the things that happened in Ezekiel was that God came and God first judged his people. That's why in 1 Peter it talks about holiness. Holiness. There's a responsibility for you and I to be holy. God will judge our unholiness. We want to see revival. We want to see life. We want to speak life and see uh, the bones come together. We want to hear the rattling. We want to see the dead things come to life. But you and I have to live a life of holiness before the Lord. And when you read through 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13, 14, 15, and 16, he's telling us that we have to be holy. It's not, yes, it it is something that is imputed to us through the blood of Jesus Christ, but you and I must also refuse to sin, push back against it. In order that then we can be holy before God and begin to speak life into our community to see a transformation of the dead soil in our city. We can sit around and lament all the things that are going on around us, all the negativity, how we wish it were like the good old days, how we were wish it like this or that or the other. It's not going to be like that anymore. It's not going to be like that anymore. There's a reason. What is happening in our world is pushing the church to action. And you're either going to step back and be okay with something that is dead and lifeless, or we're going to prepare our minds for action and step into something that God is going to call us to do and be in places and speak and act in ways which we may not be comfortable with. How comfortable was Ezekiel being tied up on his side for a year? How comfortable would that have been? Can you imagine, can any of us even imagine what that would have been like? At the command of the Lord? So God is speaking uh, to you and me, one, to get our house in order. To get our house in order that we may be able to speak life into our community and see the transformation that we all say we want. This is why we have to be a people of prayer. I've been reading book, uh, the book the, from the, the brother that I mentioned to you earlier that's uh, kind of uh, been sharing some resources and some thoughts with me. And one of those books talks about uh, digging spiritual ditches, digging spiritual ditches. Why would you dig a spiritual ditch? Because when the ground is hard and, and difficult, when the ground is hard, uh, if you're praying for rain, we can pray, pray, pray for rain, but somebody should get out a shovel and dig a ditch to help collect the rain. Even when the ground is still hard, even when things are still difficult. We ought to begin, if we believe revival is going to come and we're praying for revival and we're seeking revival, we ought to begin to dig a ditch in order to collect the rain that we're asking God to send. So I hope that today as we... Think about what God is calling us to do, that yes, we are a fellowship of believers, but we can't just be a fellowship of believers that is content to return to the old things or be the old things or do the old things. We have to be a fellowship of believers that is intentional and focused on preparing our mind for action for what God wants to do in our day. Do we read the book of Revelation and the power that will be on display in the last days? We're in the last days. Are we going to be ready and willing to accept what God will do in the last days? It won't be the same old, same old. So I'd like us to pray together that God would speak to us. God would help us to get our houses in order, our personal houses in order. If you are claiming to live a life in the Lord, but it is not a life of holiness before him, we need to get that right. That's not a point of condemnation. If you feel the challenge, if you feel... The Lord working in your heart, that's his grace to you. Conviction is grace. Conviction of the Holy Spirit is God's grace at work. It's him seeing you specifically and calling you to be more like him. And as he calls us individually and we step in the grace of holiness, God will give us the grace and authority to begin focusing our prayers and focusing our attention on the dead bones in our city and we will begin to hear the rattling and we will begin to see it coming together and we will begin to see the flesh coming on the bones and then we'll be praying God move with your power and your Holy Spirit breathe life into these bones that you are bringing together Lord do it for your glory and we'll be able to speak it and say it in the beauty of holiness because God has transformed us by his mighty spirit and we no longer desire the things of the past and the things that are old and the things that have brought condemnation upon us but we look to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ we see him and his fullness and where we once desired sin we now desire Jesus and his beauty Amen. that's what God is calling us to do so heavenly father I pray this morning that you will help us by your grace oh God yes I'm sober this morning Yes, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are speaking to us in such a way, oh God, that we cannot be content as a people to just simply let what is happening sort of wash over us and we think we're going to be okay. But God, you've said to us in the book of Joel. That in those last days, you're going to pour out your spirit upon all all flesh, sons and daughters, young people, old people. You're going to pour out your spirit. Well, what does that mean if it doesn't mean transformation? What does that mean if it doesn't mean putting aside the old things and moving toward the power and the glory of Jesus, that there is this miraculous transformation by your spirit to call us and to focused focus an effective ministry for your glory. Lord, I don't want to simply see my own life transformed, although I desire that, oh God. I want to see this community, this city, this area transformed, oh God. When Ezekiel looked in the valley, it was thousands of dead, dry bones. and he began to speak life again. Lord, this morning when our brother Tom was was praying, oh God. I knew up until that moment kind of sense that the worship team, the prayer time, it was it was break, breaking up that clay ground. They were digging the ditches. The rain wasn't yet being poured out in the way in which we kind of sensed that that you were here, Lord God. That we knew your presence was here, but there was work going in. There was prayer before service. There was worship being lifted up to the Lord God. But as he began to pray, oh God, he began to pray, about mothers carrying their children the term life marriage is being restored life i'm not sure about others lord jesus but even in that in that moment i sense a shift oh god and what was happening in our church God, you are calling us. One of the reasons you have been speaking about unity, about knowing one another, about being in fellowship with one another, about not just walking in and walking out, but engaging one another, Lord, is because you are uniting us together for a purpose. You are helping to prepare our minds for action that we may be a people who is holy and we may begin to speak in our community and holiness would reign. Oh God, we're tired of the parched ground. God, we're tired we seeing the rains fall and fall and fall, and yet the ground isn't prepared for it. The soil is not ready. It just runs off. The labor, the work. We see the rains come. It just rolls off the hard clay soil. God teach us Teach us, Lord, that there are there are steps. There are things that must be done first. One of the first steps is a commitment in our life to personal holiness. One of the first steps To see life come to dead things. is preparing our mind to intercede and pray that God, you would help us to be a holy people. And so God, I pray this morning for each one that is here, myself included, oh God, that our affections would be set upon you. You would be the one thing we desire over any sin. You would be the one thing that we desire, Lord. When the temptation comes, Lord, we would desire you more than the temptation, oh God. Lord, that we would be a people of holiness. That we could call our community to holiness. lord that your glory would not depart this temple david cried out to you O oh god do not take your holy spirit from me Thank you for being a part of Riverstone Church. I hope today's message encouraged you to take a step closer to Christ. If there is anything we can pray for or talk with you about, please visit our website at riverstonechurch.net. May the Lord bless you this week and may you walk in all of His promises and plans for your life.